0: Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So please, take a minute and visit mbcocala.com slash stories to tell us your story. And if God has used this ministry to touch your life in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. Help us to continue delivering God's Word to the world. You can give online or through our mobile giving app. Today, we're hearing a message from our series entitled Holy Wow. We're learning how to cultivate a life that truly honors God, a holy God, in an increasingly casual world. Amen. Help me welcome our internet audience. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Hey, Alicia is not with us today. She's been training for a half marathon, and she ran that early this morning down in Tampa. And I got a picture of her here with her medal. So she ran, she got her personal best time too, so... And she ran into a, a good amount of other Meadowbrookers, um, Pastor Sean's wife and uh, uh, Dennis and Kelly Ryan and some others that she ran into down there. And so um, she's been training. I have interrupted her training, um, but uh, she stuck with it. I'm so proud of her, and she's uh, able to get her personal best time. They call it a PR, personal record. And uh, so I'm happy for her, but you know what? I have no interest in running a half marathon. Just <laughs> Just share that with you, so uh, in her training, I shouldn't even tell you this. Sometimes she'll call me, and she'll go, "I'm at Chick-fil-A. Come pick me up." you know So, so anyway, well, let's get into the word today. Everybody say, "Holy wow again." Holy wow. We just finished a series. Pastor Lee and I kind of tag teamed a little bit on the series on uh, the missing piece, and one of the major things that we wanted you to um, get out of the missing piece is that peace flows from a relationship with God. Amen. Peace flows from a relationship with God. There's not going to be peace apart from Him. Um, I forgot to do something real quick, so just bookmark right there. Uh, in case you're a visitor today, uh, yeah, I'm wearing this thing. And uh, hopefully tomorrow about 10, 15, be listening. Just be listening. If you hear this squeal of delight, I have a doctor's appointment. And uh, hopefully if all looks good to the doc, I'll be out of this brace. Uh, tomorrow, so yeah. Little ways to go yet with the hand, and uh, we're just working hard on that and believing God and being patient, and uh, we'll get there. So I'm just, I'm glad to be anywhere, but I'm really glad to be here this morning. So, so let's dive back in. Peace flows from a relationship with God. Now the key to any healthy, happy relationship is this, is that you properly relate to the people in the relationship, okay? That you pr- relationship. Root word what? Relate. Relate. That we're properly relating. I'm thinking right now just in the context of marriage. And you put it in whatever your context is. It can be a neighbor. It can be a brother or sister, a co-worker, whatever it would be. Um, but the key to that being a healthy, happy relationship is that you relate properly. And so if I were to, in the context of marriage, if I were to ignore my wife or if I were to be disrespectful or be selfish or just not even pay attention to what her thoughts, her words, her dreams were, then have me even know that's not going to be very happy or healthy. And so we've got to learn to relate right in those relationships. So now let's move on to Holy Wow. And what we're going to do in this series is to see, and you saw it on the on the little video there, is learn how to approach a holy God in such a casual world. And in, in other words, we need to know how to properly relate to him, properly respect um, a holy God. How many of you know that our culture is very, very casual? Becoming more and more so. And I'm not just talking about how people dress and so forth. It's just that we're failing to know when to dress up, when to sit down, when to chill out. You know, there are a lot of boundaries that are missing in, in our culture, and, and we've, we've got to get those back, especially in terms of how we approach a holy God. Amen. If you're with me, just kind of bob your head just a little bit, yeah. Um, uh, at our academy a few weeks ago, I was at one of our basketball games, and uh, they said, Everyone, please rise for our national anthem. And they, you know, played a recording of that, and we're all, you know, and, and it's just the way I am. I, I think I tear up every time I hear it. And I never went to war or anything, but it's just in my heart, not just, you know, when I'm a little kid, if I didn't stand still, mom would pop me, but it, as a matter of, I, it means something to me. I am grateful. Amen. And, and uh, I watched, though, um, a number of people as the national anthem is being played, um, they just didn't get it. So, you know, wandering around with their cheeseburger and catching up to their little friends and everything else. And and, and here's the thing. I, I don't fault them. I fault somebody who didn't tell them. And so I'm telling you today. And, and like I said, I tear up virtually every time of the natu- national anthem, especially when jets fly over. Now, at the school, we didn't have any jets flying over. But, but there's so many things in life like that, you know, and our response to authority and and, uh, you know, people don't value things properly. They don't value events properly. They don't value certain things that happen. Um, it's a no boundaries kind of culture. And you're, you're shamed if you say there are boundaries and that there is right and wrong. And you know what? There are, there should be boundaries. Yes. And there is right and wrong. I, I read and, and watched a, a report on, uh, in Argentina just this past week. Some people were at the beach, and a baby dolphin kind of got caught in a little uh, shallow pool area. And somebody snatched the baby dolphin out and started taking selfies. And then quickly a crowd uh, arrived, and everybody wanted to pass the dolphin around and take their picture with the dolphin. And before they were done, the dolphin is dead. And, and it's because you don't do that. Are you all hearing me? You don't do that. Just, just leave him be, take a picture. And, and were they trying to kill him? No. But but see, that's the thing. Ignorance can take you to the wrong place. And so we cannot be ignorant. We can't be unaware that, that we're dealing with a holy God. He's holy, and we need to approach him in, in a right way. Now, this, this, this series is not going to be about a dress code or certain songs or uh, whether you wear a hat or not. It's, it's not that. It's going to be about the heart. And mostly it's about us getting a real view of this holy God, uh, that he is God, and we are not. Amen? Amen? So my title for today is, Who's the Boss? Everybody say, Who's the Boss? Who's the boss? In any situation, it is good to know who's the boss. It's, it's good to know who's in charge. Um, I'm a chaplain with our uh, sheriff's office, and I've uh, been doing ride-alongs for years. I'm kind of inactive right now. Um, I know you thought I was very active with my bulletproof vest here, and <laughs> you have no idea what I'm hiding in here. Don't rush me. <laughs> um, but one night, and it was, it was around midnight or so, and the deputy I'm riding with, he gets a call of an uh, active alarm, active break-in, and so we, we speed up and go. And, and when we get to this place of business, uh, about four or five other cars show up, and they got the place surrounded, and then they decide to put in a canine, put in a dog uh, to, um, uh, you know, catch the bad guy. And so after a few moments, then they're talking on the radio, then, 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 you know, five, six deputies rush on in and I'm the chaplain. So I stayed outside. So I said, I'm praying for you guys. Go get them. Yeah. So then some other, other, uh, sheriff personnel showed up and one of them's the night watch commander. He's there. So we're all standing there and I'm wearing a, uh, shirt that they issue for me, and it's a green polo shirt, and it's got the gold badge embroidered on it, and then it says Tim Gilligan, and it says chaplain. Well, the owner of the business then shows up, you know, because he's received a call, and so he's there, and you know, he's worried and nervous and everything, and he puts his hand on my shoulder, and he said, so, so what's going on, captain? (laughs) I said, well, let me tell you. (laughs) And I just pointed I say, "You got the wrong guy ch- 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 chaplain so. it's good to know who's the boss, right? In life, God's the boss in everything, God is in charge, he's the boss, he's the Lord. The word for lord in the in the original Hebrew actually means owner, ruler, master, superior, and he's he's the head decople he's He's God and He's the boss, and we are not. We've got to stop thinking and acting like we are. And sometimes, in, unintentionally, we do that, but a lot of times, intentionally, we do that. We get sloppy in life and we make decisions about our life, our relationships, our finances, the direction of our life, and we don't even ask the boss. We, we do a lot of things we don't consult. And we sometimes think that we're getting away with things. It's like, I know the boss did not like this, but I, I'm going to go ahead and do this. It should be all right. And, and no, you can't do that. You know, how many places do you go and you ask them something? They go, uh, I'll be right back. I need to check with the boss. Why don't you do that? Why don't you do that? People pressuring you for whatever it would be to buy something or do something or whatever. It's like, ah, I've got to check with the boss. And make sure that we know that he is the boss. Everybody say, holy wow. wow. Here's the deal. He's the creator. Follow this. He's the creator. And he's the redeemer. I've never done anything even close to that. You know, maybe you have a ribbon, second place ribbon for the seventh grade science fair. Or a little trophy for a track meet in high school. Or you were employee of the month twice or you've got a great casserole recipe, but you know what? You haven't come close to what he has done and who he is. He's the creator, he's the redeemer, he's the boss, and you're better off with him being the boss. Amen? Amen. Look, look with me here in uh, Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. And it says, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, including me, including us, and by your will, some translations read pleasure, by your will they were created and have their being. Get this. God made us. We did not make him. God made us. He's the boss. He's Lord. And that's the way it should be. That's the best way it, it works. Look in Psalm 2. Psalm 2 serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Now look, we understand serve and rejoice, but notice this, serve with fear, rejoice with trembling. In other words, it says anything you do, serve, rejoice, whatever it would be, anything you do toward or dealing with this holy God must involve reverence. There must be some degree of honor and glorifying God and not just do what we do, but serve the Lord. It also tells us in the Psalms, uh, serve with gladness serve the Lord with gladness so we serve with fear though as the base of it all and awe and honor not afraid of him but awe and honor and respect of him and rejoice with trembling any and all approaches to the Lord must involve reverence now back in 1646 and 47 any of y'all remember that 1646 1647 the church of England And the Church of Scotland began to work to just kind of codify, to kind of standardize some things about what they believed as believers. And some of you would be familiar with this, um, depending on your upbringing. Uh, The product of that was the Westminster Shorter Catechism. And what it is, it's a collection of 107 questions and answers, and then they have proof texts. For Each of the answers and what it would do is kind of unify what do we believe about this about the trinity about creation about the bible and all of those things and uh, it's actually a pretty marvelous work that is kind of lost to a lot of us but the very first question is this one and I want us to catch this this morning what is the chief end of man what is the chief end of man and here's the answer. Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Say, read that answer with me. Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. So the danger for us is that we don't glorify him or that we don't enjoy him. How many of you know that there's some believers that don't, don't look like they're having a very good time? Can I just tell you if that's you, you are not good advertisement for the kingdom. You're doing it wrong. If you're bored with the Bible, bored with church, bored with this or that, you're just doing it wrong. And you got the same britches to get glad in, as Alicia's mama would say. Sometimes it's just an attitude adjustment and, and an approach adjustment. And we want to make sure that we are not only glorifying God, but we enjoy God. But I want to focus on this for a moment, that we glorify God. The danger would be the chief end of man is that we would glorify God. And the danger would be that, it, that we don't glorify him. In Romans chapter 1, it talks about they knew God, but they did not glorify him as God. They didn't honor him as God. And then a digression starts, nor were thankful. And then you see the digression fall, 28 sins are listed. It just, the slide is unreal, and man doesn't even know that he's going down. He's, he's professing to be wise, and he becomes a fool, and his foolish mind and Thoughts are darkened, and he gets real confused about everything. Why? Because he stopped glorifying God. And then in Acts chapter 12, watch this. This is about King Herod. Then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God. Watch this next part. And he was eaten by worms and died. That's in the Bible, y'all. What if you knew that would happen to you? Y'all, I remember my mom and my grandma said, don't swallow your gum. It'd be stuck in your stomach for seven years. And they had a whole lot of other things that they would tell you. But what if for real, what if you knew if I don't give glory to God, I'm gonna be eaten by worms and die? Start telling your kids that one, okay? We, we, we gotta do something, folks. But listen, we, we should get a hint out of this. We saw King Nebuchadnezzar in the Bible where he didn't give glory to God, he thought he was God. And he ended up like an animal, mangy animal, just left out in nature till he, till he kind of came back and realized, no, I'm not God and you are God. And then you got Herod right there. What if we really, I'm, I'm worried about some folks in our world today because the danger is in not glorifying God. Kanye, I hope you're watching. You know? The other part, failing to glorify God, but also failing to enjoy God. That you get so religious and it's all about checklists and you never smile. And and, uh, you just dumb this down to a list of do's and don'ts and become pharisaical. That's not it at all either. And we'll talk about that as we go. Look at this. Without reverence, without reverence, we will never see or experience all that God has for us. Without reverence, without us properly relating to him. Without us honoring him in the right way, we are never going to see or experience all that God has for us. And this is very important. Get this. this It's very important. We've got to put first things first. Let's get first things first. Look at this. We love God being source, but we must first know and love him being boss. See, we love that he provides and he forgives and he blesses and he helps and he gets you out of that tight spot. He provided for you and, you know, got that all worked out. We love God being source, but we've got to stop just being brats, okay? We can't be spoiled about this. We must first know and love him being boss, being Lord, being in charge of our life. And you need to know he's not a bossy boss. He's not mean. He only wants good for you. And so we've got to, we already love him being source. How many of you are glad that God is the source of your life? You know, knowing that, you don't have to worry. You know, you get that unexpected car repair or whatever it would come and it's like, you know what, Um, that's not in my department to worry about. That would be the boss. You know, and how many of you have had something before unexpected or a hard time or whatever and God came through for you? Well, I'm going, to, I'm going to let that question actually get to your ears and down into your heart so you can remember. How many of you have ever had a tight spot before and God came through for you? Amen. That's what I thought. And he comes through for I love him being source, but you cannot do that and leave him out from being boss and being Lord of our life. Look with me in Psalm 112 here. Psalm 112. Praise the Lord. Blessed. Everybody say Blessed. Blessed is the man, blessed is the person who fears the Lord. Now, let me just stop right here. Psalm 112, and you would do well to read it. Psalm 112 is the profile of a blessed person. This is the profile of a blessed person. Look how it starts. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. Verse 2. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Look at that, his descendants. Go back again that his descendants will, his descendants, his kids, his offspring will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Now go to verse three. Wealth and riches will be in his house and his righteousness endures forever. And it goes on and on and on and talks about these blessings. But notice where it starts, where it starts is the man that is blessed is a man who's decided, I fear God and I delight greatly in his commandments. Not just God as source, but God as boss. Look at that. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. Now, what does that mean? Not just that you're afraid of God. You're in awe of God. You respect God so much. And the way that plays out and applies in our life is really this. And we've talked about this for years and years and years. The fear of the Lord really means this. I love what God loves. I hate what God hates. So if I really love something and I found out that God hates it, I say, you know what? I hate it too. Yeah. And if and if I hate something, but I find out that God loves it, I love it too. Yes. It's, it's us coming in compliance. It's us coming into, into sync with God, and that what he loves, we love, what he hates, we hate. And who delights? greatly in his commands and my rephrase for that would would simply be this I love God telling me what to do I love God telling me what to do you know why because he's not going to steer me wrong and his commandments tell me what gives me life and it tells me what takes life away it's not about busy work it's not about him being bossy it's not he's not trying to take advantage of me I love working for God I love him being my boss I love him being Lord I delight greatly in his commands can I get an amen out of the church today now, our problem so often is we live very, very horizontal, and it's all about just living life just as far as we can see, and just living life at the expense of not being very vertical. And here's, here's the problem. Jesus said, without me, you can do what? So if I'm all horizontal and I don't have the vertical relationship with God, I can do nothing, I know nothing, I am nothing, I, I am... I, 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 I just, I have nothing, nothing without him. The the writer of Ecclesiastes said this. He said, I have not withheld myself from anything. And he had the means to do it. He said, I've had everything in excess, everything, everything horizontal. And he said, and this is what I found out. It's vanity. It's just empty. I, I, I get that, I have that, I know them, been there, been with them, whatever it would be, all, all across everything. i have restrained myself from nothing, he said, and i come up empty. It's that song again, and I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And so we cannot live this life without this relationship with God, and that relationship must be first in our lives. Now, in Exodus 33, Moses is having conversation with God and in essence, um, he says to God, if you, if you don't go with me, I'm not going. You know, that, that'd be a good way to, to live. And he says this question, it's kind of a rhetorical question, but he says this. He said, what is it, God, that separates us, that distinguishes us from all the other people on the earth? What is it? And I want us to think about it. What is it that should separate us and distinguish us? From all the other people on the earth. And the answer right in there is, is this. It's the presence of God among us. The presence of God among us. Are you all with me? Yes. So Moses is saying to God, the thing that makes us different from everybody else in the world is the presence of God among us. Can I say that that should be the case of God's people today? The presence of God among us. Now, it could be argued, though, well, isn't he with everybody? Isn't he everywhere? God's omnipresent, right? And he is. In Jeremiah, the Lord says, do I not fill heaven and earth? He's close to everything. He's near to everyone. He's unlimited in time and space and distance. He fills it all. God is omnipresent. Now, stay right with me for these next few moments here. God is omnipresent. Omnipresent means everywhere at the same time. Don't miss this. Omnipresent means everywhere at the same time. Omnipresent does not mean everywhere in the same way. Now say it again, and I'm going to fill it out in a moment here. To be omnipresent, which God is omnipresent, he fills heaven and earth. He's everywhere present at the same time, but he is not everywhere present in the same way. Wayne Grudem, who's an author, minister, theologian, he writes this, God does not have size or spatial dimensions and is present at every point of space with his whole being, get this part, yet God acts differently in different places. God, he's everywhere, but he acts differently in different places. Mark chapter 6, Jesus goes back to his hometown of Nazareth. And they start to say, nothing good could come out of here. Who is he? We know him. That's the carpenter's son, right? And what they did, they dishonored and they reject him. And the Bible says that he could do no mighty works there because of their unbelief and because of their dishonor. Are are y'all following me? He could do no mighty works there and yet read the surrounding scriptures. He was doing mighty works over here and doing mighty works over here and doing mighty works over here. But right here, he could not do those mighty works. Why? Because they didn't honor him. They didn't glorify him. They didn't expect that he would be able to do anything. Listen, God is omnipresent. He is everywhere present at the same time time but he is not everywhere present in the same way and I think he shows out different he manifests himself different when he's at a place where he is welcomed where he is glorified where he is invited where he is honored I think it's a difference from one household to another household I think it's a difference between one business and another business You know, today, after lunch, we're all going to Chick-fil-A. And then we're going over to Hobby Lobby. Why are we not? They're closed. Why are they closed? This is a stupid business plan. But the founders have said, God, you're the boss and you said keep this day holy and you'd bless the rest of it while the rest of the world and Chick-fil-A top of the chicken market Hobby Lobby multi-billion dollar corporation building right now with some of their funds the Museum of the Bible in Washington D.C. two blocks from the Capitol, incredible facility What's the difference? What distinguishes one from another that the presence of God would be among us? But he's everywhere, isn't he? Yes, he's everywhere, but he doesn't show out the same way Everywhere, I think it's places where He is welcomed, where He is honored, where He is glorified. I was so blessed. Pastor John and I talked about it in between services. We did not confer on what this morning would be in the selections of the songs, and every one of those songs led right to this point. And you, you are who are here, have been here. There is not a service that when I go to preach, I never, before I preach, ever don't include in that prayer. And Jesus, the Lord of our life, the head of all things to this church, when everything is said and done, we want you to be pleased. We want you to be glorified. We want you to be honored. And we want your people to be helped. If this is not about him first, this is about glorifying him, pleasing him, and helping people. we got to get it right this way so it can get right this way. And that will work for us here, and that will work for your home. That will work for your business. That will work for any endeavor that you set out to do. That Who's the boss? Well, I'm the boss because I'm smart and I did this and I got great personality and a little cute and whatever it would be. I'm telling you what, it's, it's it's a hill of beans and it means nothing unless he is boss. Unless he is boss. He's everywhere present, but he's not everywhere present in the same way. I want his presence to be so Noticeable among us in my life, in your life, and when we gather together, that's what will distinguish us from everybody else in the world. Not that we're smarter, brighter, anything else, but it's just the blessing of God. And you see it in big things, Chick fil A, Hobby Lobby, on and on and on. It would surprise you. And you also will see it in just the lives. You'll see it in the life of a little lady. I heard this comedian recently and he said, How come grandma always has money? You know, and since it always opens up her purse, she's always got money. I'm telling you what, God will take care of the widow. God will take care of whoever. God knows how to take care of his. He knows how to be source. We've got to learn how to make sure that He is boss. Amen. Amen. Amen? We're going to stop there for today. Did you get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Ocala.